When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Well, it's Smithy's favourite time of the day, actually, at 23 past 10, when we have the panel, and we've got two of the best panellists we've got on our books, and Jim Kays from Sky Sport and several other things that Jimmy does, and Andrew Gordy from News Hub, my old workmate. Um, no Smithy today, guys. Uh, Gordy, morning. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Great to have you subbing in as the voice of sport in New Zealand, mate. Uh, great to hear the Dolphin tones, and, and great, to, great to hear Jimmy on the line as well, my, my old sparring partner. Great, great to see you, Jimmy. Oh, mate, we should just be doing this over a few beers, shouldn't we? Really, should be down in the viaduct with a couple of cold ones. Absolutely, would love that, Jimmy. I know Smithy's coming up on Friday, so I have warned uh, the bartenders on the viaduct to look out. Uh, he had a lot at Turks last weekend. He's back in form. Uh, just a shame as uh, Kit's not working at the moment, fellas, so you're stuck with me. Gord's a great story on News Hub last night, a uh, bit of an exclusive about what's happening with the Black Caps and Australia. Can you fill me in and our listeners in? Yeah, for sure, mate. So there's obviously been uh, a bit of uncertainty around this upcoming Black Caps tour to Australia, uh, scheduled to play three one-dayers in the 2020 match over there very, very soon. They're supposed to be leaving, uh, my understanding, is on Monday. Um, but New Zealand cricket, of course, they, when they planned this tour, the idea was that the border would be open. They wouldn't need to uh, have MIQ to be concerned about. Of course, that's all changed. And so... New Zealand cricket was in this difficult situation. They hadn't booked any MIQ spots, and so they were looking at having to postpone the tour. Now, from what I gather, uh, there's been some pretty high-level discussions going on over the last week or so. Um, New Zealand cricket were of the mind to, to not go ahead with the tour. From what I gather, Cricket Australia turned around and said, we really need you to come, and I suppose that's uh, uh, understandable given that half their Ashes test only went for three days, so they need a few more bums on seats over there in Australia. Um, so the, the compromise that, from what I understand, has been reached is that the players will go over there uh, but instead of coming home at the end of that tour, they're, they're intending to remain there while Australia plays five scheduled T20s against Sri Lanka. And then there were three 2020 matches that the world champion Australians, of course, were supposed to come over here and play, mm. two games in Wellington and one in Napier. My understanding now is that those games are going to be played in Australia after that Sri Lankan series. So it's an understandable compromise in the situation. And, of course, it means that uh, by the time those players will then be due to come home, it'll be sort of March. And my, understand that, my understanding is that New Zealand cricket uh, might have a better chance of securing places in MIQ for those players um, sort of a month down the track to what they were supposed to be coming home. Um, I suppose the, the, the interesting part there is you're asking players 
to go away for a lot longer than they were probably intending to go away for. Um, and it probably does add um, a bit of a bit of a tricky situation, I suppose, when it comes to the back end of the, the summer. Of course, we've got uh, uh, the Proteas coming here for, for tests, but we've also got the Netherlands coming here as well. So whether they're going to run into any trouble with those tours, uh, with those that group of players, I suppose, being away for a lot longer than intended, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But certainly we're expecting more to hear more from New Zealand cricket on this. Uh, probably in the next 24 hours, potentially even later today. Yeah, Jim, Andrew mentions the word compromise there, but it sounds like we didn't want to go to Aussie. They want us there, and then we lose the probably three games that the New Zealand public's looking forward to the most this summer, three T20s against Aussie, who we lost to in that World Cup final. So does it sound like a compromise to you, or Aussie just telling New Zealand cricket what to do? Oh, yeah, I guess a little bit of that. Um, certainly there's been compromises all over the place, and, and sport we've seen that with the All Blacks in the last two years, haven't we? Uh, in terms of having to play so much of, of their rugby in Australia. But this whole thing just reinforces to me, and I, it's probably too late to even worry about it now, but wouldn't it have been good 18 months ago if Sport New Zealand had, had got hold of some uh, facility, and, and there's, a, there's a superb one at Massey University in Palmerston North, and, and just basically rented it full-time as a quarantine facility for sports teams where you could turn up, you could be quarantined, you could train, and, and everything would have been so much easier. Um, it just seems that they missed the boat really there, that perhaps the government as well missed the boat, and that we, we could have had some sort of a facility that would have helped make all of this a lot easier, because then we wouldn't, we wouldn't see sports teams need to book MIQ. And as Gordon said, you know, it's, it's hard to do that when there's so much uncertainty around. So, look, it's a pity for, for cricket, it's a pity for cricket fans, uh, and as you say, KD, there seems to be some sort of a compromise here, but I just think that sport in New Zealand massively missed the boat at least 18 months ago when yep. so much of this could have been sorted out. Absolutely agree. So just with your crystal ball, Jim, we're supposed to have a Super Rugby kind of Pacific competition this year. <laughs> uh, how are we feeling about maybe getting across the Tasman for some rugby games? Is that my crystal ball that's made me so rich at the TAB? <laughs> yeah, uh, same one as me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, look, I just don't. I think it's 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 ridiculous to even for me to even try to guess. Yeah. Um, you've got to hope, I guess. Uh, you've got to hope that that we get back to some sort of a bubble with Australia. But it's it's just it's rampant over there, isn't it? At yeah. the moment, this this COVID nineteen. So I don't know. Ideally, yes. Uh, but who who would know? Yeah, yeah. And just before we head to the news, Gords, uh, I saw Tom Latham playing T20 last night for Canterbury. First game in three years, uh, which is quite amazing. Uh, I like him as a T20 player. Uh, he's different. He showed his aggressive nature last night coming down the pitch a couple of times. And we used Daryl Mitchell in that slot of the T20 World Cup. Heading into another T20 World Cup this year in Australia, is Tom Latham a guy you'd want to see playing more short format cricket? Well, I think it's definitely something to consider, Jay. There and look at the end of the day, Tom Latham. Obviously, I think he's probably going to go down as one of, if not, one, you know, perhaps our best ever Test opener. But I think it's really wrong at times to just uh, pigeonhole someone as a Test player. He's clearly got quality. I, th- I think it's fair to say that he's he's one of our very best batsmen. And if that includes T20 cricket and Tom wants to play T20 cricket, then I should absolutely think it's something that should be considered. You remember this debate a, a few years ago that uh, Kane Williamson should stop playing T20 yeah. cricket. And 
And you really have to sort of stop and think, like, what was the foundation for that? He's an outstanding player. And if he wants to play all three formats, and let's face it, why wouldn't you? I mean, that's where all the money is at the end of the day for, yep. for these players. So if Tom Latham wants to play T20 cricket, he's clearly good enough. I think he absolutely has to be considered. Yeah, completely agree. All right, guys, if you could hang along there, that would be fantastic. We'll go to the news now. And what I want to talk to you about after the news is a bit of Nick Kyrgios. Always fun to talk about the Silver Ferns and RTS being a number 12 for the Blues all to come after the news with Trudy. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. We have got technical people furiously running around the studio trying to get Ian Smith back on air. So we are trying people, but at the moment you're stuck with me, John Day as producer, and Jim Kays and Andrew Gordy. And the uh, Australian Open's underway, guys. Uh, No Novak Djokovic, so we can park that, can't we, and actually concentrate on some tennis. But we've got another polarising guy uh, on on the courts here in Melbourne, Nick Kyrgios. Jim Kays, are you a fan of Nick Kyrgios, yes or no? I am now. I, I probably wasn't a year or so back or, or, or even a couple of years back, but he's won me over a little bit just because he's so he's consistent in his personality, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. I, I like I like that about him. And man, he can play tennis when he puts his mind to it and, and I and I love tennis. I love watching the Australian Open. So yeah, I think sometimes he doesn't do himself any favours and I understand why people think he's a plonker. Uh, but that performance last night, if you watched him play last night, he, he had every tennis shot in the, in, the, in the books. And, you know, we need more people coming through with personalities in the game. We're, we're, we're seeing the, the twilight of uh, Novak Djokovic, Djokovic and, and Roger Federer and, and Rafael Nadal and, and those guys who have carried the, the load for so long. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I am. I, I have become a fan of him. So have I. What about you, Gords? Love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. He's, he's 100% box office. Yep. Um, and, yeah, like, I don't agree with everything he does and says, but I think he is great for the game of tennis. And, man, like, like you say, Jim, I mean, sometimes he can be a bit of a plonk, plonker. Well, he's, he's certainly no, no more of a plonker than Novak Djokovic. <laughs> and, um, you know, just because you've got 20 Grand Slam titles to your game, just because you've got 20 Grand Slam titles to your name doesn't mean you're great for the game. I think what Novak Djokovic has done over the last wee while has has been a stain on the game, actually. And, you know, I'd far rather have characters like Nick Kyrgios in the game. Like I say, don't necessarily agree with everything he says and does, but he's pure entertainment. And, yeah, I, I just love him. And especially love him when it comes around to the Australian Open, when he's in front of a home crowd. He is he is divisive. People love him. You know, some people love him, some people hate him, and it's just great entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a ripper tournament, Jimmy. It's hard to really... Pick an yeah. out-and-out winner on the on the men's side, especially now that there's none of the big three. So who are you kind of looking at to, to win the title? Well, Medvedev and, and Rafa would be, you know, your, your firm favourites. Uh, I mean, is, you know, here's an outrageous thing. Is Nick Kyrgios good enough that he had the temperament uh, to go through and, and win a grand slam? He, he certainly got the game, but does he have the temperament? So, I, I don't, you know, that'll be, that'll be interesting to, to watch. I'd Part of me, the, the sort of cheeky part of me, would like Rafa to win it just so that he moves one ahead of uh, Djokovic. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'd love, I'd love to see Ash Barty win the women's, you know, at home uh, to really sort of stamp her, her class as the, as the number one female tennis player in the world. It would be great for her to win at home. So those would be my two, but it would be hilarious and outrageous if 
if Nick Kyrgios went through and won, it on the, won the men's draw. Yeah, it would be unbelievable. I can't really see that happening, but we hope that would be a box office moment, that's for sure. Gord's a lot of netball happening at the moment, which is great. It's been few and far between international netball at the moment, but unfortunately for us, the Silver Ferns got clobbered by Australia, were better against England, but still lost. So that's three losses in a row against England and a hiding against Australia. But we do have Dame Nolene. So is it in Dame Nolene we trust, or are we starting to panic a little bit about the Ferns? Well, I've got no one else to put my trust in, to be perfectly honest, JD. And I've got um, she's never given me a reason not to trust her. So yeah. absolutely, I've, I've still got faith in her to do, the, to do the job. Clearly, the Silver Ferns are off the pace at the moment. Uh, and, and, and I think this morning we've quite clearly seen on form and currently the two best teams in the world, in, in England and Australia. So there's some ground to make up. But I think you've got to remember, too, there's some there's players uh, that you know, you'd like to think will be available down the track that aren't uh, playing for the Silver Ferns at the moment. Um, and so this is obviously an opportunity to build some depth. So I'm, not, I'm certainly not panicking, put it that way. Yeah, like Amelia Anikinazio, Jane Watson, Katrina Rore. We've got all the mums to come back, Jimmy. We're currently introducing some mums back into the side and Kayla Johnson and Phoenix Cutica. So uh, it's not all doom and gloom for the Ferns for you as well, Jimmy? No, not at all. And, and look, Dame Nolene turned them around pretty smartly when she took over uh, yep. going into the World Cup. And, uh, and you just never know this close to something like the Commonwealth Games, what a coach's trying to do behind the scenes that will come through and you'll see it at, at the um, at the Commonwealth Games. I mean, w- would we like to see the Ferns winning now? Of course we would. But no, I, I've got faith. I've, you've got to have the faith, mate. And it's great to have a Blues fan and a Crusaders fan on the phone, on the panel today. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this. Who has the better backline? Who has the better backline in Super Rugby? Jim, I'll let you go first because we know now Roger Tuivasa-Sheik's going to be playing 12 for the Blues. Inside Rico Iwani, outside Bowden Barrett. Finlay Christie at nine. You're fitting Caleb Clark. Uh, maybe Stephen Pirofeta at fullback. So do the Blues have a better backline than the Crusaders, Jim? Um, yes. Yes, Ooh. they do. Oh. Yes, they do. <laughs> I think they do. Um, look, a little plug, New Zealand Rugby World, which I edit, big story on Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, front cover, had a chat to Caleb Park, who's been training with him, and also to Leo McDonald. Uh, I think Roger Tuivasa-Sheck is going to be outrageously good at rugby and at second five for the Blues. And with Bowden Barrett one side, Rico Ioane the other side, look out. Absolutely look out. Problem for the Blues, it's the same problem that the Hurricanes had in the early 2000s. They don't want to get that tag of a Rolls Royce backline and a Morris Minor engine. Mm. So the Fords really need to do the business. Yeah, they're going to miss Patrick Tuipalotu this season. I'd say, Gords, come on, mate, like red and black. Just go through some of the names down in Christchurch. Richie Moonga, <laughs> uh, David Havili. Red and black as well, man. I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just an, an embarrassment, <laughs> an embarrassment of riches, isn't there, Gords? Look, JD, this is this is my favourite time of year. I'll tell you why, right? Because Jim Cage, he gets hit a steam up about how excited he is about the Blues. He gets delusions of grandeur about how great they're going to be this year and this is their year and blah, blah, blah. So I'm actually loving that Roger Tuivasa-Sheik's been named in the 12 because he's going to get extra excited about that, that he's going to be the messiah for the Blues. And I haven't had a look at the draw, but you just know, we all know that Jim's going to be super excited going into this game and then you're going to hear this big pop and that's going to be Jim's, Jim's ego uh, just circling around, around the room when the, when the Crusaders forward pack 
dominate the ball and just feed that, that superb Rolls-Royce backline that they've got down there in Christchurch. I, I don't think there's anything to worry about. But look, I will give you this. Part of me, part of me is excited about seeing Roger Tuivasa-Sheik play at 12 because I, I'm actually really pleased that they haven't shoved him out on the wing or anything like that. I yep. think he's such, a, he's such a supremely talented athlete, um, but also he's got a great brain on him. And I think that uh, the prospect of Bowden Barrett and Roger Tuivasa-Sheik together, a playmaking duo, uh, I think that is something that he can't get excited about. Yeah, even Crusaders fans are getting excited about the Blues. This is a, a worrying sign. Jim Kays, Andrew Gordy, two of the best joining us on the panel today. And-